Now, live from StarWorldWideNetworks.com, welcome to Marketing Money Mindset, bringing you interesting true stories on how clever marketing ideas create money opportunities with a conscious mindset producing impact and success. Together, lover of marketing Elisa Sparks Lane from the Ellen Sparks Agency and marketing automation master, founder, and CEO of Think, Automate, Grow, Rich Thurman, share their experiences on how success is so much more than creating cash flow. True success comes when you nurture your business, body, and brain in order to get the most out of your business and in life. Join the dynamic duo on our journey to success. Ready, set, listen. Good morning. Good morning. How's it How going? It's going. Gosh, the day before Valentine's Day is like so lovable. I know. And you know what? So I got, you know, I got some feedback, right? So I got to be alive and vivid. Ooh, really? Yeah. So is that what, every day? Yeah, well, of, well, of course. Or not just for the show, right? Well, I'm practicing. Yeah, so yeah, so this is this is what it's like. What do you think? I like it. I like it too. I like it. I think I live my life like that. There's times that I scare people. No. I get so excited. It's my passion. So is Halloween like your favorite time of year then? How'd you know? Because you scare people. Ooh, you got me. Yeah. Yeah. I right. do. I'm a little spooky. But I don't Valentine's know. Day is well, this month is beautiful. My dad's birthday was yesterday. My brother-in-law's birthday was Saturday. Wow. Uh, my birthday's coming up. I, I got some know. great people this month. My son's girlfriend's birthday's coming up this month. One of my best friends. February's my favorite month. It's like Christmas. Better. I'm changing it's my better bir- than Christmas. I'm changing my birthday. You should. Totally you should. This month is it. All cool. right, so today we have some amazing people on the show. Um, we have one coming in who's Jocelyn, and I spoke to Jocelyn a couple of weeks ago, which touched my heart. Um, she actually is a harpist that actually goes to hospitals and brings therapy in the form of music. Isn't that great? That is amazing. Yeah. Simple and so loving. Yeah. Yeah. And Kim is here today, actually holding the space for her until she gets here. And we're going to be talking to her as well as we have a kind of a return, but not really because it wasn't really her show. Her partner's show was really. But um, Brina's back. Brina is back. Back. I know. We're going to be talking about some great things, which I didn't even know that you actually help, you know, marketing with nonprofits. And I am like all over that. So what got you started? We're going straight to you. Cool. Excellent. Um, So what got me started uh, is I used to actually work for a pet store where I got to interact with a lot of nonprofits. And I got to see just... At a pet store? Yeah, at a pet store. You know, you get uh, the dogs and the cats coming in and... And, um, you know, they're trying to adopt them out and things like that. And so I just got to see the struggles that some of these adoption agencies would go through. And it started expanding to more nonprofits. Um, and just, again, looking at the lack of marketing resources that are available to them. Um, they, some places, you know, will charge an annual fee of $1,000 or more for these nonprofits to be able to access uh, their materials. And it's just like nonprofits just don't have that sometimes. So really keeping the money with the nonprofits, uh, I started looking at um, my own abilities, which is in the business consulting realm. Um, I've started getting really good with, I've been good with Infusionsoft, started getting good with Facebook ads, and just started seeing how easy it was to learn all this stuff. So 
my project that I've, I've started is 501C Me. And so it's for uh, nonprofits to be able to get views and sponsors and just kind of learn uh, that they are a business. They still have to file taxes and all the legal paperwork in order to get all of this stuff. So you know what? Let's start making you look view yourself as a true small business and let's start helping you as a true small business. Um, so what 501 See Me is, is actually going to be is a virtual summit. Um, thank you to Rich Thurman for that idea. You're welcome. <laughs> so the, uh, the build work is already being planned out and all that stuff. Um, and yeah, just, just right now it's, it's kind of just keeping the project going. I have a couple of questions that popped up in my head. So mm-hmm. with Infusionsoft, I know that's not a free service. So how do you cover the cost on that? So we're actually not going to be focusing exclusively, or I should say, when I'm gathering all the, the content uh, that I'm going to be presenting to these nonprofits, it's not going to be exclusively around Infusionsoft. Um, there's actually seven different areas, uh, main areas that we've identified, and that would be offer development, you have uh, sales, marketing, fulfillment, operations, people, finance, and then some of the legal bits in there too. So do you come in as a trainer, consultant type space or no so this is where it gets really exciting uh, I am actually going to be putting together uh, top community leaders to be providing content for this so it's actual um, you just got a thumbs up from Kim yeah she's I in. did I did yeah and this is this is exactly why her reaction right there is this is what nonprofits need um, and it's it's just amazing to see how many businesses don't really get that that they, their, their target is nonprofits, but it's like you're, you're targeting these nonprofits that have teams behind them, have the funding and the grants and things like that. And it's like, well, what if people can't get that? Okay, well, let's show you how you can run Facebook ads around your events and find assets within your, your organization that you have. So, for example, you know, with, with animal shelters, you can use the dogs and cats as assets in your ads or to make posts on Facebook. Um, and even from there, you can, you know, have simple tools like Google Forms. You can make a really nice Google Form in order to just do lead collection. And then, hey, guess what? You start getting people that you can actually email out to, and you have an entire list right there. And that's how simple it is for nonprofits to do something like that. But again, that's not being taught because nonprofits aren't looked at as a business, but they are. Okay, first off, love the name. <laughs> Like and, and, you know, the show is called, you know, marketing, yeah. first off, because it's just the base of everything. Like I had a joke going on on Facebook that uh, marketing is like flirting. <laughs> like it is the beginning of something. Absolutely. And without that clever idea, like where, where do you get seen? Yeah. So you came up with a great name. Like, I, I've got to get you props for that. Thank How you. did that even come about? Or is that just like in the middle of the night? Like, that's it. Uh, it was kind of in the middle of the night. Yeah, I was just playing around with, okay, what are nonprofits usually called? And so I was going through all the names and I'm like, you know, 501C. And I'm like, see me. Like, you got to see me. It's like, adorable. <laughs> thank you. And so, um, we, yeah, we've actually, you know, gone through the whole process to secure the domain name at this point. Like, it's it's Is your legit. website live um i have one page right now but yes it is live live. yes so it's uh 501cme.org that's fantastic is that the letter c or as in the alliteration s-e-e it is the letter c okay brilliant i was kind of hoping because that makes more sense yeah so So So, did did you did you snag the other domain as well the c so if they actually type in s-e-e oh yeah i did not well clever clever that's my rich thermans yeah yeah (laughs) 
You better do it before he does. I'm doing it right oh, now. Oh, okay. just, just to make sure. <laughs> He's quick. He's he really is, quick. He is. He's on it. I've, I've had the pleasure of working with Rich, and I realized one thing. Go fast. Mm-hmm. Because he is just on his way to the top. Mm-hmm. So I'm privileged to be with him. And Okay, so I've got a couple more questions, because okay. this was actually really interesting stuff. Hey. Okay, so the virtual summit. When yeah. is it? Tell us more about that. Because some people don't even know what a virtual summit is. Yeah. Right. And, and so that's actually another, yeah, again, there's so many exciting pieces to this. Um, the virtual summit, there's not an official date yet, but it is going to be in May of 2018, so May of this year. Um, I, there's, there's, again, still some pieces that need to be put into place. And the virtual summit, um, how it's being laid out right now is there's going to be 10 contributors. And those 10 contributors are going to, again, be cover, are covering the, the topics um, you know, that I mentioned Sales, earlier. Marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, so... Over the course of two days, we're going to be releasing pre-recorded videos just over the course of these two days. Um, And the whole point is to make it so that nonprofits, I'm thinking it might be on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, um, but the whole point is just so that nonprofits can can actually sit down and attend this or sit down and be in front of it and apply it as it's going on. so, so what if, happens if you can't mm-hmm. be on live? Is this something that's going to be recorded? Is it something that you can, you know, see later? Yes. So this is going to be um, access, uh, just to kind of backtrack a little bit here, access into this is going to be free for nonprofits. Um, so if you have, I believe it's the EIN, we're still getting some of those things figured out. Um, you'll get into this for free. Along with that, you will also get recordings um, we're building out an entire membership site for this, so that way you can actually have, I mean, individual pages to go to and see who you're, uh, who you're being presented from, um, get to know them a little bit. The, another part of this is you're going to get a little pre-training on what a virtual summit is, how it's run, and some of the marketing lingo that you're going to hear throughout this summit, so that way you have a little bit more of an understanding going into it of, of what, the language, what the language is. Um, so that way you're not kind of going into this conference feeling like you're being spoken Chinese too. Sure. Um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of where it's, where it's being planned out right now. So after the summit, mm-hmm. what's next? And, and I have two questions for you. Okay. Like um, one of the things that comes up for me is like this little like protective, like what do you want out of this? Mm-hmm. And, and it's there. I mean, yeah. there's definitely this piece that I'm like, okay, it sounds too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a dream to a nonprofit, I would right. think. So what is it for you? And I realize when we say marketing money, it's the purpose to make money. Like there's, right. a, there's a realization of there's something deeper within just money itself. Mm-hmm. So for you, like what is your purpose? And I think I have a little backstory because I know where you come from. Yeah. But there's definitely a little bit of like, what is that for you? Like where is that purpose? So for me, I've seen how much money actually hinders people's dreams. And if I can teach people how to make money in order to really achieve their dreams then nothing is stopping them but themselves. So becoming unstoppable. Yeah, I just absolutely want people to be unstoppable. And it's amazing because I think it hits so many different spaces. Like if you don't have money, you don't have the nutrition, you don't have the space, you don't have the ease. Mm -hmm. Like it affects everyone around us. Like I've seen families, like you just don't have that calmness within a family and it can just destroy things around you in a big way. So that's beautiful that you actually have that space. Okay, so what's next after the summit? Oh, man. Um, 
so there's there's already talks of turning this into an actual live conference that that nonprofits can attend. Is that a oh, deep breath for you? It's yeah. This is because it's kind of that declaration that you know putting it into the world. It's people are going to be expecting it now. They're going to be looking forward to yeah. it, and so I'm I'm jazzed about that. I mean, if people know what Icon is or even Tyler Garn's SuccessCon, it's I would love to see this go to that caliber and have it be that this is not only open to nonprofits, but open to small businesses too, and that there could be even be different tiered registration, registration fees. Mm-hmm. So that way anybody can attend. And again, that this, this information is out there in bits and pieces for free already, but I want to be able to really bring it in and make it affordable to anybody who is truly willing to learn this. Do you think that in the future, and I'm just planting this one now, it's just an idea that popped up. Okay. Would there be a space to create sponsorships and maybe have people actually being nominated to actually receive the sponsorship within this organization? Because I think there's so much that um, isn't seen mm-hmm. and opportunities that people want that if given the chance, they would actually support. But there's so much that's not seen. Like I had not heard about a HARP foundation until someone connected me with Jocelyn. And then I'm like, what? How beautiful is that to give a child that's healing a, the beauty of music? Yeah. And then in addition to that, I mean, there's tons of services and companies out there that are specifically geared towards helping um, charities and nonprofits. So, like, one of the ones that I know really well um, is Community Boost. And Community Boost, what they do is, so Google has a grant for 501c3s and nonprofits. They'll give um, $50,000 a month in ad spend for PPC, uh, pay-per-click advertising. And so Community Boost, what they specifically do is help nonprofits tap into that grant. So they help them get the grant, they help them manage it, and, and so on. So, you know, there's tons of opportunity to kind of like, be the uh, focus and bring all of these people together so that you can have massive impact for uh, the 501c3 community. So what, what have you been finding so far in, in your research? Uh, that first off, um, pretty much exactly what you were saying is that there are, there are a lot of the free elements to, to marketing for these nonprofits to get their name out there and things like that. Um, it's again, just connecting them with the right people. Uh, so I, I do actually have a request for the community if I, if I may make it. And I, I am looking for contribution from anybody who wants to contribute. Uh, I mean, because this is, again, it's such a huge thing that there's so much to offer. Mm -hmm. Um, specifically though, there are two roles uh, I am, I am looking to fill and that is two roles of leaders. Um, of these two leaders, I need the help, I guess, the request is for them to help me find those five people or ten people, um, so five each. And basically it's just helping me get that community together, connect me with people, um, you know, really introduce and engage and, and enroll in the conversation. Um, and then on top of that, I guess there's also another element. There is the ten contributors that I would need. Um, so I do need those those various bits. Um, if you have any desire, if anybody out there has any desire to contribute um, as a contributor or contribute as a leader, um, or even if you're looking to attend, you can just go to 501cme.org 
uh, and fill out the form on there and I will get in touch with you with how you can contribute to that. And we'll be happy to share that as well on the group page and uh, uh, some of our social media too. And it's, it's bringing light to something that most people don't even understand or, or seeing money where, you know, some people may have lost their opportunities. So that's wonderful that you're doing that. And I commend you with that. And I'm going to say it's really a lofty goal because May is right around the corner. So I, you know, and it's not even something for you. Like you're going to get this accomplished. Like I can see your determination and your passion and what you're doing. So yeah, I just commend you with that. So what's on the other side of this? Like where's, how's work? How's the whole, like (laughs) the money making machine? And, and, you know, we had a privilege of of meeting your partner too. So it's like, how's that whole business happening? Uh, So on top of, you know, on top of starting this whole entire project, there's the business that we're running, which we're now going from the lifestyle business to actually growing it and, and making some money there so that way things aren't as tight and, you know, we're, we're a little more free to do what we want with. Um, but that's all, that's all going well. Things are all coming together there. Uh, I'm also in school. I mean, nothing, nothing major. Going for a couple certificates. I, it's a, like I'm looking at you like, really? <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, uh, yeah, there's, you know, the the self-expression leadership program with Landmark uh, that I'm currently doing. So it's just a bunch of different little things, um, being there for my family, you know, with their stuff. And but it's it's all fun. It's all good. It's all all the challenges are just learnings and opportunities to grow. It's always funny when people like you come in the show because it's almost like, how do you have the time to do that? And, and, you know, it's funny because I think of the other side, I'm like, how do you not have the time to do this? Mm-hmm. Because it's meant to have something. And it, it, like, I could see your liveness through it. Yeah. Like, what else could you be doing? Watching TV and eating bonbons? Like, Kim's laughing because it's true. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's something that you really have to make time. You have to really take a look at, at your life and say, what is important to me? Yeah, what's it meant and, for? Yeah. And so for me, one of the important things is, is really going to the gym every day and making sure that I'm healthy. And so I actually get up at 4.30 every day, and I'm in the gym at 5.30 every day to be at work by 8 a.m. after walking the dog and eating my breakfast and feeding our four cats. And mm. I mean, just... Yeah, see, that's something that I totally respect you for because, you know, I also know that you are an entrepreneur and you're working for yourself since so you, you, you're working out of your home office, mm-hmm. right? And so as an entrepreneur... That works out of a home office. It's so easy to go snooze and then wake up around like 10 and then like, you know, go have some coffee and then a late lunch and then maybe start working like around 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. But that's not, that's not how, how you and Paul roll. No, no. So we actually intentionally, and this is really funny that most business owners, it seems, don't really do this. Um, they plan in their marketing for a person to not take an action. So they plan in for the failure. But I don't really see them applying that to their life a lot. So it's like, for me, I know one of my failures is I'm going to hit that snooze button. So my first alarm actually goes off at 410. <laughs> yep. I give myself 20 minutes, and then my real alarm goes off. Yeah. So say that. So you just dropped something that's uh-huh. so freaking huge. And I just want to make sure everybody really, really gets that. What do marketers do? <laughs> They plan for failure. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So say a little bit more about that. So, I mean, just thinking about it, we don't, when you, not you, when someone lines out a funnel, it's never just, I get the lead, the lead is interested in my product, the product makes a sale. That's what I call the compliant customer. It's, it's the perfect 
I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's compl- the easy scenario. Yeah, yeah, if they're compliant, they go from page. It's funny when I said easy, page. you should have seen her face. <laughs> She's like, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah it never like happens, right? <laughs> never, never. And there's well, so, and there's so, a price to getting the easy one too, which yeah. we can talk about another time. Yeah, it's like ten, <laughs> so. Just the, the, to add on to this, right? You know, ten percent of people will buy from you no matter what. Ten percent of people will never buy from you. And then the other 80% is just education. They're like, what are you selling? And, and it's just a matter of educating them, and then a percentage of those will buy depending on how good your offer is and how aware of their pain mm-hmm. they are. Um, so back to what you're saying is, is so we have a compliant line, mm-hmm. right? So if they go to a page, click, go to a page, click, and they'll just like click all the way through, and everybody's happy mm-hmm. um, most of the time. So... When we're planning for failure, what does that look like? Planning for failure is anything like contact didn't click a link. The, the customer didn't perform whatever action that you were intending them to perform or that you wanted them to perform. Um, because, again, marketing is not about you. It's about the customer. So when it comes to that journey, uh, I know in Infusionsoft you can do things like send out a confirmation email right as soon as they sign on board okay, well, what happens if they don't click that confirmation email? Does it just stop there? Because they're not making the sale, so they're performing a different action than what you intended. Um, so right there, that's, that's one planning for failure. I mean, other planning for failures could be, uh, oh, man, um, they didn't fill out a web form. You know, they didn't go to a certain page. They didn't even open an email if your software has that kind of ability. Um, so it's just like in, in marketing in general, you're planning for failures all the way around in order to, to guide people. It's, if you've ever seen a sheepdogs do their, do their thing, like from the aerial view, that's what I imagine marketing is. is like you, the dogs will stage themselves at very strategic points in order to guide the sheep to where they want them to go. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you're just strategically placing messages and different actions that you have to take in order to guide your customer to that sale. And so that's, that's really the planning for failure is just those little pinpoints. You know, it's um, funny when you say plan for failure, it almost puts me in a space that it's going to happen for sure, mm-hmm. where I'm kind of like, mm, possibly it could, mm-hmm. but it's almost like being prepared for it. It's almost like having fire drills at school, like you're prepared for something. So it's not something that you're intending it for hap- you know, to happen, but it's just like realization is, you know, you drive a car, the chances are there might be an accident. And you have insurance for that. So there's things that you can do and put in place. And I'm so glad you brought it up because without a plan in place, Mm -hmm. do we ever know where we're going? And it's just a beautiful space for nonprofits to be because a lot of times they're driven by heart versus by, you know, and you have to have both. You need to have that, that smart, that, you know, prepared plan and the passion because both of them is actually what creates the momentum that the world can actually see. Because it really comes down to attention and just maintaining attention because everybody wants to do stuff. And and like with nonprofits, you know, if they're engaging with a nonprofit's message and product, you know, there's something there that they want to do. But it's so easy to get caught up in life, right? You're at the moment, you're at the page where you're about to make the transaction and, and so on. And then from a marketing perspective, it's like, how do you get the person to do the last action? So... We're actually about to go on a break. Yeah, this is like amazing space, and I, I'm, I'm so loving the, 
the, the creation that the show is becoming. Um, we'll be back. We'll actually be talking to Kim next and um, just get more information on how to get involved and all that beautiful stuff. And maybe she brought her harp in her purse and maybe she's going <laughs> to play something. We'll be right back. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Do you want to double the size of your business? This is actually what we do at Think Automate Grow. With our 73-point automation checklist, you can operate your business with possibilities using proven strategies and automation technology. Download your free 73-point automation checklist at thinkautomategrow.com slash checklist. Urban Garage Gym is all about shaping and transforming bodies of all ages and health levels. We believe fitness isn't a group sport, and more importantly, that a fitness plan shouldn't fit everyone. Urban Garage Gym, fitness for the individual, one unique body at a time. Are you ready for swimsuit season? Let's face it, we all have those pesky areas that are stubborn to diet and exercise. We have just the solution for you. Introducing the FDA-approved Ultra Shape Power for powerful fat burning. The Ultra Shape Power is body contouring at its best at 32% fat reduction. The strongest and most effective body contouring device on the market. Painless, no downtime, and you can see the results in as little as two weeks. Call LifeScape Premier to schedule your free consultation with Noel, their very own certified laser specialist and national trainer. Call 480-860-5500 or visit www.lifescapepremier.com to learn more. Welcome back to Marketing Money Mindset, the place where clever marketing, creating money, and the conscious mindset intersect. With your hosts, Elisa Sparks Lane and Rich Thurman. Welcome back to the show. Okay, so we are talking about, I love this now, the 501C Me. And um, I'm still in love with that name. So we also have Kim on the show, and we're going to be talking about what harps can do beyond just giving music out. And how did you get involved? And I know there's a possibility of a harp showing up. I just know There is. <laughs> there is. And we have um, CDs for everyone also. Oh, I, actually, I see a harp. You do? I do. Is it with Cupid? Uh, no. <laughs> but I've always wanted to see that. I, I see one, and it has wheels. Yes, oh. it does. Yes. yes, it does. So how are you involved, Kim? I'm the executive director of the Therapeutic Harp Foundation. We are 17 years old, and we have uh, therapeutically certified musicians in 25 healthcare facilities around the valley. So we are also involved with two brain research projects, one with Barrow Neurological Institute and one with Mayo. So there's the scientific side that is coming to the fore. Finally, the medical community sees the practice 
of this music and how it works to reduce anxiety and alleviate pain. And the doctors and the medical staff love it, the caregivers love it, as well as the benefits to the patients that they see. So these certified therapists um, are, the program is our national programs through which they are certified and they run two to three years in length. So it's very scientifically research oriented and I think that in the last couple of years has been um, a very welcoming thing from the medical community. Here's the harp, here's the patient, here's the monitors. They see the results, but no, the research has never been done about when the resonance of the sound attacks the electromagnetic brain waves in the brain. Where do the brain waves go? What do they do when they get there that makes the patient stats come to normal or alleviates anxiety or pain? So that's what we're about. So it's just not what we think. No. There is so much more embedded into this. There is. Now, how did you get involved in this, though? I have. This job encompasses three areas, not-for-profit leadership. I have a long and strong not-for-profit leadership years in the Valley. Um, Association with catastrophic illness. I have two children with cystic fibrosis. And I um, have my art, although I don't play the harp, my background was dance. And I danced uh, in the San Francisco Ballet Company. Oh, I I can see that. So I have a broad range of musical knowledge, but I do not play the harp. Did you ever tap dance too? I did. I love tap dancing. I did. In fact, I was asked to come to the University of San Francisco in the early 60s and teach tap dance to their basketball team because the coach called my university and said send me somebody that can teach these guys some rhythm so I went over there every afternoon and taught the basketball team to tap dance (laughs) bouncing basketballs shooting hoops it was a riot that's awesome Wow. So, okay. So tap dancing. So I learned tap dancing when I was probably about four Mm -hmm. and I would not take them off. Yep. Oh my gosh. That was like the best fun in the world. (laughs) For me, it was cowboy boots. Cowboy (laughs) boots. I got these cowboy boots and I stomped all over. Oh my gosh. It's noise. I know. And it's so amazing because I think it's attention and it's healing. And I mean, there's movement, there's just everything you can imagine in there. But the rhythm centers your body, so I would ask you that when you are listening to the harp music that you just take three deep breaths and let the music do its magic. Yeah, that's awesome. So we actually have um, Jocelyn here, and I'd love to put her on for just a second. Yeah. Oh, is she going to play for us? Or? I think so. No, she's going to say hi first, right? I'm going to say hi first. Hello. Yes. Hi, Jocelyn. How are you? Thank you for having us. Yeah. So what brings you here today? We'll just talk a little bit about Therapeutic Music, Therapeutic Heart Foundation, say hi to you all. (laughs) Awesome. So how how long have you been doing this? I've been doing this for about 11 years, 10 years, 10 years. 10 years. Cool. And then so how, how did how did it go from like, you know, playing the harp, learning the harp into going to the hospitals and, and, and doing what you're doing. How did that kind of transpire? It was just like you wake up one day and you're like, 
I'm going to go to the hospital and play there. I mean, how did that come about? You know, that's a great, great question because I um, learned the harp to do this work. Yeah. So I, was, oh. I didn't play it when I was uh, five years old. Okay. I had a very personal experience with a friend of mine who experienced the harp in a hospice setting. Uh-huh. And um, after she passed away, it kept tugging at my heart to learn the harp okay. and to do this work. Okay. So that is what I did. And that's the path that happened yeah. after that. So um, one day, uh, the founder, actually, of the Therapeutic Heart Foundation asked me to visit a friend of hers in the hospital. And I had never done that work. And she said, don't worry, you'll be fine. Just come with me. And it was magical. They awesome. said, can you play an angel song? And all right. So I made it up. <laughs> so so do, you play, do you play any other instruments? Um, I do. I play clarinet, flute, saxophone, organ, piano. Um, I sing a little bit and uh, bassoon, but I wouldn't do that publicly. <laughs> okay. All right. What's your, what's your favorite instrument to play? Well, my favorite right now is harp. Harp. For sure. Just yeah. because of um, what I have seen, the power of the harp music for the yeah. patients, the families, and staff. Yeah. And it's, it's wonderful to be sitting behind it, offering that kind of um, gift, actually, yeah. to everybody. So do you play in any other settings other than in hospitals? Well, and I'm going to have her switch seats really quick, but I was also wondering, do you play any instruments? That, that's a negative. I do not. <laughs> All right, perfect. How about you, Rich? Do you play an instrument? Um, I, 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 no. I, I'm just going to say no. I played the flute. I, I know how to play piano a little bit. <gasps> Me too. I know how to play guitar a little bit, but I just wondered to say that, yeah, I don't know how to play. No, I love the piano, but the harp is not something that I usually see that often and one of my clients actually played it and um she she actually was part of uh, a tedx that actually i'm so cracking up right now so <laughs> it's just like all this commotion so we were like trying to set up the harp the harp showed up late so we're all moving around and having the conversation and it's just so you know i love the chaos right because as marketers we need to plan for failure and it just happened, and I'm here trying to mask it and trying to do this and that and play the chameleon that sometimes I become. So there's definitely some interesting sounds going in and out. So one of the fun things about me is, like, I love to hear things. So if my mic or if I can't hear what's happening, I lose concentration. So I want to make sure you can hear what's happening. Right. And are you able to hear us now? I, I- Yes. All right. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, we're Thank back. You. Thank you. Let's get back into <laughs> what we were talking about. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. You're welcome. Wow. So much easier when you're just honest, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Totally. It's laid out there. I know. Right, right. I'm like, you're like, no, don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah, we had a breakdown. <laughs> we had a breakdown. Well, see, Hannah's got all the pictures, so the evidence is going to go up eventually anyway. Yeah. I know. I'm like, Hannah. <laughs> So it's really funny. Paul texted me and said, off schedule operations, part of planning for failure. <laughs> Perfect. See, not only did we learn about that, but we actually put it into place today. That's right. That's the, we're clearing for that. All That's right. So I apologize. Awesome. Um, I apologize. Jocelyn, well, I, my attention was elsewhere, but Jocelyn, I want to know about the full scholarship you received because that's not something that most people receive. Oh, and the full scholarship I yeah. received to Northern Illinois University? Yeah. Yes, I received that um, in clarinet, actually. So clarinet was my passion from like fourth grade, fourth grade on, and I had really supportive parents, and they just gave you know, any kind of lessons I wanted. 
um, that I had a top clarinet by the time I was in eighth grade, and I practiced. You know, I did that work yeah. thing that goes with it, yeah. and and I just um, and a scholarship and showed I got up a, from that. And a scholarship showed up from that. I went and auditioned. Um, several scholarships showed up. I went and auditioned, but I wanted to stay close to home, and that was only like 50 miles one way, which I figured was you know far enough away <laughs> from my parents, but still close enough to my parents. So, close enough to do laundry. Yeah. That, that's right, ah. exactly. Or, you know, low on funds. Can you drive on down? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So do your parents have musical talent? or? Um, my father was a trumpet player, mm. yes, and my mother played the organ. So oh, wow. it, was, it was always in our house. We always had um, a lot of big band music going on and mm. My dad would get out his trumpet and play some of the marches that he did in high school. And my mom had the uh, Hammond spinet organ. So I used to hear that going. So, yeah, so that was, um, they were su- very supportive. Yeah. So what does music mean to you? Uh, and expression. I know that was a question that was like off the cuff. Yeah, that, but well, I mean, there's great. definitely a space where it's like, what is music to you? It's, it's expression. It's somewhere that, um, that is, that's mine and inside. So that's, and then I can bring it forth as a gift. So it's something that can never be taken away. Hmm. That's, how, that's how I see the music, and it's a gift to share. And when you're at hospitals doing yes. what you do for children mm-hmm. and others and people healing, what is that? Because I've always had this space where it's like, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I can be there because it's such an emotional space. But bringing a harp, it's almost like the opposite of that. It's not like it's scary in any way. It's almost like healing and just gifts that you're bringing people. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, and that's how I see it, is an um, offering of music. Do you ever get emotional when you play around? Twice in 10 years. What was the situation? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. I was working with uh, an 85-year-old man who reminded me of my father. And that doesn't happen that often where I, um, I very much tune into the patients, but I don't get to that level. Still yeah. keep a little bit... Of, of a distance, but for some reason, his mannerisms, his smile, just the way he was gazing at me from his bed, just reminded me of my father. So I, I got teary-eyed. Yeah. Did you of, tell him that? Uh, no, I didn't. No. <laughs> but then he started talking about his love of music and even his voice, and I thought, mm, this is this is really neat because in those settings, I really try to keep it focused on, you know, on the patient, the family, and the staff, mm-hmm. and not bring personal into it at that point. But you can see the connection that we all have. Absolutely. Yeah. How about oh, that yes. second time? Can't remember. Uh, but you can't. felt it. There was something of feeling. Yeah, I felt it. Yeah. I absolutely felt it. It might have been when um, I think I was allowed to see something. I was allowed to see something. Yeah. And, and I was very grateful for the opportunity that then put in front of me right at that moment with yeah. the harp, with the patient, and then being allowed to see just a little bit extra. And then that was it. I was just so grateful. And I got very emotional for that. You know, mm. Gratitude. Wow, that's a great <laughs> word. Yeah. 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 It's funny, my dad turned 86 yesterday. Oh, did he? And um, I love my dad. So I could just imagine, he, you know, amazing. having someone to, yeah, yeah I, I Rich got, to, got to play poker with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there you go. We had a poker tournament <laughs> yeah, he's a couple a, of weeks back. He's awesome. Yeah. I totally see him as your dad. Yeah. And, and he's one of my favorite playmates. Like my dad is mm. one of my favorite, and my mom's my other one. You know, they are just a wonderful example of just true love. They'll be married 60 years this oh. year. Yeah, like, like who has that? Like, right, it's wild. Right, right, it is. And just a wonderful example of what partnership really is. Like, yes. they've been through just about everything you can think of. 
and stand for that. You know, they just stand for love and commitment, and they're always there for us. Yeah, they're strong, so, and yeah. they've passed that on. Goodness and, gracious, yeah. yeah. And they play poker they play twice poker. a week. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, Can't they're hustling that. everybody. It's great. <laughs> like, I love the example. Um, okay, so you brought the harp. I did. And it's we're an hoping we'll have some great pictures. Harp too. I want to take it home. It's so pretty. Yeah. But um, Hannah's taking pictures. Will of you play we'll something for us? I will. And uh, maybe it's in honor of dads. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I will hold that intention. Great. Do we want to adjust the uh, mic? Yeah. Here we go. All right. Wow, that was beautiful. Thank you. All right, it awesome. sounded familiar. Like, that that's a familiar song. Is it? Or am I making things up again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that um, was not a familiar song. What I actually was doing was creating from the sounds of what I hear in the room and trying to match all the pitch, and that's how the music offers the most comfort, relaxation, to the listeners. So I was hearing the sounds I can hear and finding those notes and creating a piece just for you. So it was familiar dads. in a way. Yeah. It's familiar. Because it's our space. Yes, it is. Yeah, maybe. It's but it's, it's beautiful. So, so where I went, is, is so, it's so great that you just shared how you created that because um, this last Friday, I had the opportunity to uh, get reconnected with my stepmom, who I haven't seen in like eight years. Mm. And it turns out um, she is a Reiki therapist. And um, when you started playing that, I was just like right back to that session that I had with her on Friday where she was doing all this energy work. And I was just like immediately just like triggered to relax. It's so freaking, it felt so calm. It was awesome. Yes, this is energy work, just like you're saying. And those same effects... Yeah. from the Reiki and then the music and all those different things are changing the environment and the energy that's going around around us. Yeah, mm-hmm. super awesome. So um, in, in, the, in the space of like resonance and, and vibration and stuff like that, what has your experience been in that realm as far as like the kind of the woo realm as far as what the harp does and the healing and, and the vibration? Because like one of the, one of the things that was really kind of, 
at first it was kind of odd, but she had these tuning forks, mm-hmm. right? And she would hit them, and then they start vibrating, and then she put them on my like eyeballs, and and just have all this vibration stuff going on. And I just kind of really just got connected to what the harp is doing. And so I just wanted to get your kind of a, your take and your experience on that. So I'd like to ask you first, what was your experience when the tuning fork touched up here? What happened for you? Um, you know, after all of it was done, I really just like was like wide awake and alert. I mean, like I was fighting, like not going into a deep sleep and pretty much sleeping. And then when I got up, when we were done, I just was full of energy. Oh. Right. Yes. And so, and there's like this little, like, you know, Hannah and Elisa will kind of tease me a little bit, but I'll, in Never. the morning, in the morning, I'll get a coffee, but I'll have like five shots of espresso <laughs> in there. Right. And it's like energy. Wah! Right. And, but that comes with like a little bit of a drag. You just feel that drag. You're like energy, but there's like that underlying drag. And then when, when I got done with the session, the energy work, um, I didn't, I had the, all the energy, but no drag. And so that was like super, super um, interesting for me. It was just like interesting. It was, it was great. So I, I have another session coming up in like two weeks and then keep doing it. Um, but what I'm really present to is when you're playing, it's just boom, I was just like right there. Well, that's very interesting what you said about being energized and having, sounds like a lot of clarity. Yeah. Because what was happening was resonating deep down into the cellular level throughout your body. Yeah. And that's what I do with the harp when I'm working with the patients. For example, um, I hear their tones. Even if they're not speaking to me, I can hear their tones. And that's how we're trained. So I hear their tones, and then I create, I know what keys to play in for the music. Like I know that if somebody's extremely agitated, I meet that agitation musically, and then I bring it down. So wherever they are, I meet them. Yeah. And that's and the question that we as practitioners ask as we go into the room is what's going to meet me today? Yeah. And then we observe, answer, observe and answer as opposed to going in and saying, oh, I know Mrs. Smith um, needs help with her speech. So we're going to go in and sing these three songs because I know they work well that way, which and maybe sometimes that would happen. But typically it's what's going to meet me today. Go in observe, meet it musically, observe, meet it musically some more. And depending on if it's end of life or maybe they're having chemo treatments or they're laying in their hospital bed after surgery, that all comes into play as to what tones and where I'm placing it and how fast to play. So I watch their breathing and I will entrain, it's called entrainment, with what's going on. So if they're breathing fast, I play faster. (laughs) and help to bring that down. They're breathing slow. I'll play to their pace. And sometimes I'll just play a note. A note, because that's what I'm hearing. Um, I have a little story around that, if you'd like to hear the story. Okay. So I was at one of our uh, major major medical centers, and uh, they had called me in to play for a baby. They said, can you come up and play for this baby who is just cry, cry, cry? Ten family members, and they're all... Taking, you know, little Johnny. Oh, don't cry, Johnny. Don't cry, Johnny. You know, you get the picture going around. Passing you know, Come on, Johnny. You don't have to be crying. And I went in, and I could hear uh, this pitch, which happens to be an F. That's what the baby was crying. So for what I did is I just played all the Fs up and down the harp. Just one note. 
and in 32 seconds, done crying. And I was like, great, thanks, see ya. And they it's, looked it's at me. It's almost like he got heard. Yes. His voice was answered and somebody gave back to him what he was crying, reson, you know, it resonated mm-hmm. with him, and then it was okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Recreation. And, and, pardon me? It's a recreation. Yes, yeah. yes. Which at, at, I mean, starting at that young age, I mean, we realize that never stops. We just want to be heard. Isn't that the truth? We all have a story and we all have a voice that needs to come out. Yes, beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I, and I love how you brought up where you meet people where they're at, mm-hmm. right? I mean, just like what we were talking about earlier with, with Brina and the aspect of marketing, planning for failure and stuff like that, you just you have to meet people where they're at and then be in a continuous dance, mm. right? And so yes. whether you're marketing, meeting somebody for the first time for coffee, playing the harp, you know, just like being in, the, being in the moment, listening for and reliably delivering, you know, what's really going to make a difference. That, that's so well said. It's really being present in whatever it is we're bringing to the table. It's just being in that moment, being present, and giving our full attention to, to what's in front of us right then and staying with it. Yeah. I'm in a communication course as of this weekend, so I'm completing it tonight. And mm-hmm. one of the things we got away with is... Um, to be listeners. Mm. And one thing that showed up when you were here is like you heard the room mm. and you're a listener. Like you listen for what's there and you play it back, mm-hmm. which is the other piece of it, which is recreate. Yeah. So when people are heard, peace shows up. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. And probably why I like tap dancing so much because I always have to bring humor back in. And it's probably avoiding my emotions because it's something that's so beautiful because that's where I'm also, like, my big game is to create more peace in the world. Yes. So if it's with my words or giving space to people or, you know, seeing tap dancers show up in my space, it's wonderful to be a part of that. It's it's such a big picture that way. Yeah. Yes. It reaches out in the ripple effect and just keeps going and going. Yeah. So I honor your listening because that's not something we always have in the space. Yeah. Now, is, is that something that you kind of like developed over? Because I have it as it's a skill, right? And it's a skill that you can choose to. So you know, some people are like naturally born with it, and everybody can learn it, right? And so, like a talent. It, well, yeah, it could be a talent. I think everybody innately has it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's also like a muscle, right? So you can go to the mm-hmm. gym and you can exercise it and make it super strong. So with you, um. Did you kind of always have that, or is there something that you do or on, your, on a regular basis to make sure that that muscle is always super strong, that you can walk into a room and just, like, boom, recreate it? Mm, that's a great question. I don't think it was always as strong as it is now. You're listening? Yes. Hmm. Yes, I, I don't think so. I think it was coming into this work, I just knew that's what was needed. Because it's not about us, it's about you, I'm with you. It's all about you. And so I did take a, um, a chaplaincy course called Active Listening. Okay. And, and that put a lot of uh, focus on if you're, you know, saying something to me and my patient is talking to me or a family member, it's not about what am I going to say next? Oh, let me, let me think about how I'm going to answer this so I'm really not hearing 90% of what they're saying. It's about staying with it. And then you don't have to always answer. 
we don't always have to say something back. We can just, oh, I did hear you say you don't think, you know, maybe your family's communicating with you. And then they'll keep talking. And these conversations will just go on, and I'll bring some music into that. And so I think it was developed, but I saw that that was the way to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a gift. That's a gift. Yeah. It's, it's far beyond talent or skill. It's a gift. And it's something that uh, when it shows up, it should be honored because we don't live in a space of listening. We, we, we do have that automatically, what am I going to say next? What am I going to say next? Versus being in that space and there may be nothing to say. Yes. Yeah. Yes, well, we, we tend to be afraid of silence as a culture. Yeah. I call it listening to respond versus listening to create. Mm. Like as we that. all go silent. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a moment. Yeah. 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 It's nice. Well, I was laughing because I literally had this exact conversation before the show <laughs> with Robin. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Is that why she's giggling over yeah, there? Yeah, it's because we had a very in-depth conversation about this. Because um, going back to, to kind of the work-life balance between Paul and I, um, one of the things we do is we actually sit down and have a, a personal sync along with our business sync. And so our personal syncs happen on Sundays, and they basically cover um, the first question we ask each other is, do you still want to be in this relationship? So there's, you know, we make sure that we're on the do same Do you ever page. get nervous? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been a couple of weeks that it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, being completely No. <laughs> My life is perfect. No, no. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, of course, we're, we're living together. We're in business together. I mean, we're going to have our tips, and we understand that. Um, so, you know, we go over just, hey, do you still want to be in this relationship? And then we go over the wins and then the learnings because it's not losses. It's you're learning about it. You may have tripped, but, hey, get yourself back up and continue. Uh, and then next, to make sure we're on the same page, we have uh, kind of a get-together with our calendars to make sure that we're both on the same page with what each other has going on. Uh, so as I stated, you know, if he's like, hey, I'm going out with the boys on Saturday, I'm not going to be like, what? It's no, I know what he has going on because we've, we've taken the time out of our week to do that. Paul was with me the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you just got that text. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so after, let's see, after the, uh, the getting kind of getting on the same page with each other, we then go into the um, grievances and tolerances just to kind of, you know, give each other the space to have that listening, like what you were talking about. So we intentionally take time out of our week to let ourselves, you know, have, be empowered to air whatever it is we need to air about each other to make sure that our relationship is workable across all areas. So that's why Robin was laughing is because we literally had the same conversation about listening to defend, as I call it, versus listening to understand. So. Wow. All right, we, we can go another hour, right? We could. Because <laughs> this is definitely a show that provided such a beautiful space for love and how perfect to have this right before Valentine's Day. And we did name the show Heart to Heart because it reminded me of how we should be speaking, which is heart to heart versus how we usually talk brain and defensive and what did you say to me and let's argue. So with that in the space, I welcome peace for everyone. And I truly appreciate um, the love that you've brought to the show. Yeah. Super awesome. And I also want to give a, a shout out to Robin. She's <laughs> our new producer. She's new producer. Yeah. Right. We 
kind of stepped over on that last <laughs> time. So thank you. She's Robin. bringing all sorts of love for us. We need it. <laughs> but she's a, she's a ninja. Have a wonderful week. Okay, she's going to practice right now. <laughs> and um, please keep playing your instruments, whatever that is. And we'll see you next week. Yeah.